Hey, this is Jakob. I'm content manager. I'm helping small and medium enterprises with their content strategy. And I connected with Pablo for Brian Bogart, who introduced me to this awesome guy. And you should also know Pablo because he's a great guy. He helps you and he gives his best all the time. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. Welcome to the Chief Executive Connector Podcast. I am Pablo Gonzalez, your Chief Executive Connector. And today we got a guy that I'm super pumped to introduce you to. I met him recently through our friend Brian Booger, and I immediately realized that we kindred spirits and how we think about content and how we think about human connection. Jakob is a content manager helping small and medium enterprises with their content strategy. I think he's a brilliant content strategist. He helps building consultants, coaches, business owners in the service area and trainers to become visible so that they get booked for their services and products. And like I said, you know, I very deeply believe in his methodology, the way that he goes about it. And it was very clear from the moment I met him that, you know, we share this passion for connecting people and that's what's led us to content. He's also a Taekwondo master. Everything everything cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One is Taekwondo is Korean, right? Like that's the big difference, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Anyways, he's going to sidekick you in the face with content. This is Jakob. Welcome, Jakob. How you doing, man? (laughs) I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Really a great honor. And thank you for this nice introduction. I really like it. Maybe I'm uh, changing my podcast intro and uh, taking your voice. And using it as an intro for my podcast. <laughs> hey, man. You know, I am I am available for hire as a voice talent. Happy to help at any moment. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What is it? Voice branding is a big topic. So how, like with Gary Vee, you have this very specific voice and you remember, ah, this is something from Gary Vee. Yeah, I must listen to this. And if you can yeah. um, identify something with your own brand, this, this, is, this is cool. For the record, that is exactly why all my micro content clips start with a shipow. Right. And that was me. Uh, and that yeah. that was me saying it, right? Like I got that mm-hmm. exactly from Gary V. I heard how Gary V has his like signature and it comes on and goes boom or whatever, yes. right? Like that's his that's his voice branding. And he yes. saw it as 
you know, I heard him talking about it. I was like, how the future of branding is audio. And, you know, he's really high on audio. So that's yes. why I immediately recorded myself saying Shipa! into my phone. Oh, cool. And then ever okay. since then, I had somebody mess with it. I didn't get that that was you. Okay, that's, that's cool. I, I, okay, cool. Next time I will listen more intentionally when, when I listen to one of your videos. <laughs> you won't be able to miss it, man. So, so Jakob, I actually didn't really prep you for this, man. I usually do. But as you know, my podcast is about connecting. And mm -hmm. my thesis on human connection is that the quickest way that you bond with people is one, you provide some value into their life. And I think this conversation is going to have a ton of value, yes. but the other one is to share a vulnerability, right? If somebody hears something that you've struggled with and they've struggled with, they automatically assume you understand them. Mm -hmm. So in an effort to get my extraordinary guests to connect with our friend that's listening in, in her ear or his ear right now, I'd love to know from you. Is there something that you're struggling with right now or something that you've struggled with a lot in the past? Yeah, definitely. So I was, during my, my time of university, I stayed for seven months in China. So at a, at a city called Xiamen. And I was, I was uh, working for a German-Chinese company. I was working in, in, in the marketing. And yeah, I was writing and publishing for the social media and things like that that you do as a, as a digital editor or a journalist and i had also a journalist mentor and i sent him my the, the writings that i that, that i published and one email was very was very tough for me because at that time back in 2012 i was not so good in getting criticism so i i really struggled with this and his mail was very tough for me and this was this was back when i had trouble to accept the criticism but but i had one or two days where i really had bad days but after that this this was the starting point for my own self-development that uh, never stopped from that then mm. so i started to rewrite copy of good copywriters in order to improve my own copy i interviewed other people who already achieved the goals that I want to achieve. I read the right books, the, the, the Les Brown and Zig Ziglar and Brian, uh, Brenton Bouchard, Jeff Walker, all these marketing uh, gurus and consumed all the material. And I think it was a starting point. It was a window that opened for me and it was, it was hard for me, but at the same time, it, it was also released because when something is not good, sometimes people, you must hear it. And then this is the starting point for your own growth. That's, that's uh, what I really believe in. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, man. So within that story of struggling with criticism and then opening up yourself to criticism mm -hmm. and being able to grow from that, that rings very, very true. Was there a moment, like, was there a something you read or someone you talked to or something that happened to you? Where you thought I need to stop fighting this criticism, I need to I need to open up to it. Yeah, so definitely my then girlfriend, now wife, we we spoke a lot about this. So she helped me a lot with this criticism thing. And, and by the way, it's it's not perfect. Uh, to still not perfect. So it's something that I'm still working on. But at that time it was lousy. So it's improving. So this is one thing. And the other thing is, at that time in China, I was also at a Taekwondo uh, gym, a, a Taekwondo school, and I 
was also giving uh, lectures. So I was uh, in front of me, there were little kids and I was giving them Taekwondo lessons. And I think that was also important for me to, to share it anyway, even if it's not perfect, but to, to, to don't give up and just, just continue with w w what I'm doing. That's, I think, important, even maybe it is not perfect, but to continue with, with what you do and still grow your, your, your skills and your habits. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, man. So were you studying marketing in the university in China? Is that, is that what your degree is? And you came into the workforce as a marketer? Can you kind of tell me your professional background? Yeah. So with 16, my goal was I, I sat down and I wrote what I liked really to do. So what are the things that I love to do? And one thing was writing. Another thing was publishing or, or also traveling, interviewing people. Networking was also one thing very important for me. Speaking with people, learning new things, going to workshops. And, and I, I sat down for one weekend and wrote everything down. And I asked myself, okay, are there any job profiles that fit into these, these things so that I can have a living with it? So uh, having fun with something is one thing, but also earn money with it is another, another topic. And I, I found the, the job description of journalism. So. I, then at that point I said, okay, I want to become a journalist. And from that, from that point, I pointed in, in, into the direction of journalism. I worked for newspapers, for local newspaper, for TV stations, for online magazines, for print magazines. And also Taekwondo was very important because I also volunteered as a, for an area of press releases. So I wrote press releases and was responsible in charge for the YouTube channel. So for the whole content thing. And, but I studied political science and history. So that's my major is in political science, but marketing was also always a passion of me. And I had all these experiences and also worked for companies but more in the content marketing space and, and, but also collected experience in the journalism. But I realized the journalists are very good in storytelling and in, yeah, in, in writing and, and interviewing people, but they, do, they don't, so they don't understand so much about business models. So how to monetize your knowledge, how to earn money online. I mean, many journalists, I asked them and they said, well, that's not my thing. I don't know it. <laughs> and, and the whole thing shifted from journalism, from being a digital editor and becoming more a content manager. So content marketing management. So I, I thought about podcasts, how to create new formats, how to monetize podcasts and worked for agencies. So from journalism, it, it, it went to content marketing because that was more my passion because just because journals, they think about the content itself, which is fine, but they, they are not that good in business models and being an entrepreneur. So that's the reason why it uh, switch, switched a little bit. That makes a lot of sense, man. And, and I, yeah. and I get it too, right? I see a lot of people in the world that you and I are in, yeah, which is this swearing about content being the this like forefront frontier of relationship building and whatnot. I see a lot of people that either come from the marketing side yeah. or they come from the journalism, broadcast journalism, you know, the media side, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you delineated it really, really well. The ones that come from the broadcast journalism are very into storytelling. The ones that come from the marketing side are into conversion, right? Mm -hmm. What made you make that switch? Was was it that you are more interested in business 
because you like business? Was it that you're interested in business because you wanted to make more money? Was it interested in, did you think that business has more impact, right? Like not a trick question, but kind of what drove that want to to go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Great question. So one of the first uh books that I read was from Brian Tracy about business and being an entrepreneur and selling your products. And it was, like I said, in China, it all began. So with this criticism, this hunger for self-development was in fire inside of me. And Jeff Walker was also a great marketer for me, where I learned to think as more as an entrepreneur. And, and yeah, I mean, it was always my thing. I, even when I had a day job, a 40-hour day job, I always knew, okay, I'm not going to work here for the next 10 or 15 years. No way. <laughs> it's, and this is no criticism to the, to the companies that I worked for. I mean, they were fine, but I always knew it. That's the reason why I, for example, I, I had no time at, at that point. And people say to me, I have no time to create content. I, when I worked 40 hours a week, I also had no time, but I created, uh, content during my bus ride to my job. The 25 minutes, I sat down, took my laptop, and I started to write. And in in lunchtime, when people went went outside to have lunch outside somewhere, I interviewed people. That was my the lunchtime. I networked with people because I knew one day I'm not here. I will not be here in 10, 15 years. And it's weird to hear this maybe, but I just knew it. And maybe it's also self-prophesying when you think, okay, this is going to be end in one or two years. But for me, it, it worked out. And starting my own business was always uh, my, my goal. Got it. So you were always yeah. into the idea of entrepreneurship and and and, and making yes. your own money. So that's cool. What? Yeah. What year was this? What year were you opening up your laptop on the on the subway and writing? What was that? I think 2017, 2017. Okay. So yeah. pretty recent. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you were so you first started making content that was written content on the subway and then you were interviewing people video style yeah. 2017? Yeah. Uh, no, video style was 2017, uh, I started with, uh, with real content for this uh, company when I w- was in China, 2012 already. Mm-hmm. So that was I, like the blog era, right? That's like when blogs were. Yeah. Big. Facebook was also uh, becoming bigger and this company also published on Facebook. And that was the, my first connection to LinkedIn. So in China, I had one business mentor and I never forget, he is, we spoke about LinkedIn and I, I thought, LinkedIn? What's what's LinkedIn? Never heard before. And he said, just just sign up. <laughs> Don't think about it. Just sign up. And my, my LinkedIn account, I had it already 2012 and I started things. And I mean LinkedIn is now exploding. When you when you look in, in yeah in the organic organic uh, reach that you have on LinkedIn. So it was a good choice at that at that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So Tell me about that. Tell me about tell me about the organic reach of LinkedIn and how you experience it. What is what what does that mean to you? I um, two weeks ago or last week I had from my video post. So I'm posting little video snippets like you are doing from maybe this interview. We're going to create one or two minute video snippets, and I'm posting it with a headline, with a brand logo, with subtitles, and people 
coming to me and, and asking me questions about content. Uh, I had one conversation from, I forgot his, uh, where, from the US, US, and he's producing power banks for smartphones. And he said, well, I'm not that good in this content thing. And uh, all of a sudden people are coming to you. And because the organic reach is today on LinkedIn, like well, Facebook in the year 2012, 2013. So you're posting something and you're reaching a lot of people who you never heard before. So people are coming to you. That, that, that's the cool thing when a platform is new and the organic reach is high. And that's happening at the moment on LinkedIn. Is there anything that you do that increases the organic reach? Like what's your, uh, do you have any kind of like strategy to do that? Or is it just anything you post is doing well right now? So LinkedIn Live, since two weeks, you, you have, with LinkedIn Live, it's, it's not like uh, on Facebook that you just can start. You have to uh, apply on LinkedIn and you they you have to submit. Why, are, why do you want uh, this LinkedIn Live channel? LinkedIn Live is cool. So being you got live, LinkedIn live privileges two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I gotta apply, yeah, man. Yeah. I gotta get that. Yeah, I tested it definitely. So and uh, if they don't answer first time, it's totally normal. So I I sent it twice. So the first time I think it was October last year, November something, and I didn't get any answer. And I said, well, I sent this a couple of months ago, nothing happened. And I just sent it again. And then within one day or two days, I got an answer. The, the important thing is that you, so you have to list why, why do you want a LinkedIn Live? So mm -hmm. you have to, you have What to you write think? it down. Well, basically to create content and deliver my message and help other people. That's it, basically. And that's simple, huh? You, All right. Yeah. What they don't like is that you write something like, yeah, I want to promote my products or I want to promote myself. So always focus. Like, I mean, this is basic for us. Focus on, on your audience, focus on your target audience. That's it, basically. Yeah. Awesome, man. That's a super value add piece. Cause I had, I had taken LinkedIn live. I got, I got denied for LinkedIn live and I had just kind of like taken it off my radar, but now Spoiler alert, I'm making a content piece of this of how to get approved on LinkedIn Live. Yeah. <laughs> with your name it. on it. Because the cool thing, yeah, sorry for interrupting you. Oh, the, the, the cool thing is we cannot do LinkedIn Live together. So I can invite you and we can like this, but it would be directly live on, on LinkedIn. And we can we can do a conversation. Uh, you say, say the name and day, bro. I'm in. <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I have yet to go live on LinkedIn, man, but I'm very, very yeah. interested in it. So, all right, man. So you started getting real serious 2017 on the side, making content. You gave yourself a two-year window to like quit your job kind of thing. Is that what I'm hearing? And it happened? Yeah. I mean, uh, Corona happened and many things changed. And then I, start, I, I, I said to myself, okay, I give it a shot. I mean, there is no best moment. There is no worst moment. Just, just started just do it and on the way one thing that was very good for me is i started also my podcast in english so i'm basically in hamburg in germany but i said to myself okay i want to become a global brand when it comes to uh, content marketing so one of my big my, my, one of my fa favorite mangas is uh, one piece and this is a this is a story about pirates and the the main character of this this the story is ruffy monkey d ruffy or Luffy in, in, in English. And he wants to be the pirate king. He wants to be 
the biggest, the strongest. And my goal is to be the content king. So, so the biggest when it comes to content issues in the B2B area for service-oriented businesses. That's that's my goal. Yeah. Why service-oriented businesses? I I like consultants. I like people who want to touch, uh, who help, who want to help other people with their knowledge. So this is. I mean, starting your own digital consultancy is the best way today in order to reach other people and help them. I mean, you need Zoom, you need a laptop, you need mic, and that's it basically. And you need people, you need, you need this ambition to help people to change, to, to change their life into a positive way. And many coaches, many consultants are thinking like this. And that's the, that's the reason why I like them and also want to work with them. I like it, man. We were just having a conversation about yeah. trust and about <laughs> building trust with content. Yeah. Tell me why you think content builds trust. One of one of my business mentors said, Jakob, you're really good in trust building. And this was a switching point for me because I never thought about this before. It is this idea that you... You never show up in a room. You you don't meet this person offline on the real world outside there. And then something like COVID happens and you have to switch all your business. You have to switch everything. And the best way, the best way to generate trust for your own business, for your own products, for your own service is through authentic content that you produce and give to, to other people that you really want to help other people, your target audience with the content that you produce. And this is the best way in order to create trust. Because if nobody knows you, what, what, what are they going to do when they see a product from you? Yeah. Either they don't do anything. <laughs> they, they just uh, skip the ad or they will look at you and then you, they will Google your name. And then what, what is going to happen when they Google your name or your company name? What are they going to see? And this is something important. And you should, if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, you should do this regularly and check what are other people thinking or producing or is there anything or is there, I had one client and they had the same name, but they, they wrote testimonials for another person who were uh, and they were set, uh, they were not good testimonials so they they criticized him and if something like this happens you have to act because it's your reputation and you and the, the the best way to help build your reputation in a positive way is to create content yeah i totally agree man like i everything <laughs> you're saying to me is is what we're talking about on like relationship building right like you build relationships yeah. by adding value to people's lives so if you're yes, making definitely. content that helps people, you know, and that's how you're showing up as somebody that's adding value. You're building trust. You're creating that relationship. And like, you know, you, you were telling me earlier, right? Like you're, you're getting all these inbound messages, right? Like I think people in sales have this universal feeling that they're just like, I believe that what I'm doing is helping people. I have this product that I want to give to someone because it will help them. Why do I need to beg them for it? Why aren't they just asking me for it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the way to do that to me is to just like continue to prove that you're there to help, right? Like t tell me about like your amount of like inbound attention versus soliciting people. Talk to me about that. So 
basically what I am doing is when I meet anybody, I mean, it was the same with you. When I first meet, I just want to help this person. So yeah. it, with, for example, with Brian Bogart, yeah, we, we, I, I just spoke with him and at the end he asked, Jakob, what can I do for you? <laughs> so it was, it was brainstorming in my head. So what can I do for you? We can do this. I can interview in my podcast. Maybe I can write an article, um, about one of your products on, on one of the platforms that I, that I, uh, write for so that more people can reach you. And it's constantly delivering value. This is a question that I'm always asking myself. How can I deliver more value so that, that big names like Jay Abraham or Tony Robbins, which are maybe a little bit too far at the moment, but how, so that they come to me. So th this is a question that I'm always asking myself. This is not an easy question, but that's what, what I'm constantly thinking about. So how can I deliver more value in a better way, in an easier way, so that people want to work with me? Yeah, totally, man. And And at the end of the day, everybody likes marketing material about themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. That was a major yes. aha moment, man. Cause I'm, I, I got there. This, this is why I say we're kindred spirits. I got there the same way. Like I, yeah. I'm figuring out how I can give people value. And then when I realized everybody can use a little self-promotion, everybody can use yes. more attention to their superpower. You know, yes. that is, I started off with, okay, maybe I can host events where I can put people on stages. And then I've ended on, I can just have live phone calls where I talk to you about your zone of genius. And then I share it with my network because I'm putting a clip on social media. And then I find you doing the same thing. And I'm like, ah, this guy's my brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we met the yeah, first time, it was just, it was like, like going into a room and, and uh, yeah, it's Avengers team. You're meeting, you're Avengers meeting team. your heroes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, That's so cool. And, and what I find fascinating Jakob is the idea that, dude, you're, you're a German guy that lives in Hamburg, that lived in China. I'm a South American that lives in the US and we're able to connect over Zoom and immediately, you know, immediately connect, right? And immediately start adding yeah. value to people's lives. I introduce you to people, you introduce me to people, you make content for me, I make content for you. You know, having, having this platform just opens up your world, man. How, what, is, what is the most interesting connection you've made with somebody that you would have never met? on this or is there somebody in particular that you've become like close friends with that you're like this would have never happened if i wasn't making content yeah so i want to add one one more thing when it's when it comes to this abundance mindset so this is something that you're, you're really living it because you're also telling me your complete business model so this is how i earn money this is how i produce the content this is how i do this and that and completely transparent and because we understand that knowledge alone is not the, the key thing it's it's execution you have to do this stuff and and i still meet people who say well i don't want to create a blog article about this because why should then the customer come to me and i think dude <laughs> they will not come anyway because <laughs> you don't find value in the internet uh, about you so This yeah, is something that I want to. This is something that I want to add what, uh, to what you said. And when it comes to the to the contacts, so I think meeting you is great. Was 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 appreciate really that that we met. And what when it comes to, so I interviewed Jason Pfeiffer in my podcast. So Jason Pfeiffer is the chief editor of the Entrepreneur Magazine. So 
he's in a in this pyramid system of the sprint magazine very very high so he's he i i like his uh, style of creation uh, creating content his i like his podcast and the podcast was for me the door opener to interview him even uh, he he wrote back to me Jakob, well, I have 15 minutes. If 15 minutes is enough and we can do it in Germany, it will be very late at 10 p.m. or 11. It was 11 p.m. If this is okay for you, we can do it. And I said, dude, I would wake up one in the morning for you <laughs> to, in order to interview. It doesn't matter. The, the time is not important. So the podcast, so I, I created a platform. This is something that you also uh, doing really, really cool, in a really cool way. I, I have this platform and I said, okay, Jason, I have these kind of listeners. They are mainly US-based. And these are the numbers. These are the metrics. I made screenshots and I sent it to him. If I have these questions, if you think this is, I, I think this is, you you have something valuable to share to other people who listen to my podcast and I would love to interview. And we made it. I mean, It was a great interview. I enjoyed it. I learned also very much. And he's a very sp fast speaker. So 15 minutes was more than enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. So, you know, I wanted to talk about something that you do different than me, right? Like you, yeah. you release these like four-minute podcasts, six-minute podcasts, 15-minute podcasts, right? Like all my podcasts are like 45 minutes to an hour plus. Mm -hmm. How does that, how does that perform in in as far as like listenership, do you find that people, do you think people will listen more because it's shorter or do you like, do you, do you feel like you can provide the same amount of value and because it's quick, it, it it's easier to consume. Like talk to me about the mindset of the length of the stuff that you put out. Cause you put out a bunch of mm -hmm. different lengths, things that I find really interesting. Yeah. What, what I'm basically doing is like, I have this long format. So when we speak for one hour, I have this one hour interview and what I'm doing is I normally, I, prepare questions and I send it also upfront to my interview guest so that he or she knows, okay, what are we going to speak? And each question is one shorter video snippet. So this means I'm asking a question like, Hey Pablo, how do you plan your content strategy? And this is the beginning of one shorter version of one episode and you're answering it. And there's also intro and outro, and this is one short episode. And in the show notes, I'm always referring to, if you want to, I mean, this is such a great value. If you want the whole interview, just go to this link. And I'm referring constantly from the previous, from the shorter version to the long version of the, of the podcast. If you want to listen to the whole interview with Pablo, it was so, so amazing. The value that he shared, then go to this link in the show notes, and then you can listen to the whole episode. This is my way of making sure that people find uh, this interview because I see, like you, I mean, you you have the same view in my opinion. I see content as an asset, so so you have to from time to time you you have to come back, and the best way to come back is that you not only produce long versions, so that you also have short forms and link back to the longer version. Yeah, man, you know what? It's true. Content, these short pieces of content are assets, right? Like I I go as far as, I mean, you've probably seen it in my onboarding stuff. Like before I take a meeting with somebody, I generally ask him, hey, I want to get to know you a little bit before I talk to you. Do you yes. have a piece of content that I can review so I can walk into this conversation knowing who you are, right? Like, and then, and I, and then I also, I'm like, oh, by the way, here's mine, right? Which does two things. Number one, 
it allows them to get to know who I am, right? Like I always mm-hmm. send them my like 15 minute, like storytelling rapping thing that I think is, makes me look cool, but Building I know authority. That it, huh? Yeah. And it builds, mm. it builds authority and yeah, it's a filter, right? Like I know that yes. if they show up to that call and they're like, dude, that thing was awesome. I'm like, oh, this guy's my friend, right? Or yeah. <laughs> this is my friend. And two, yeah. as content strategists and content marketers, I know that if I'm sending somebody a piece of content, that's like, check out how cool I am. They're like, I don't have a piece of content that makes me look that cool. I need to make one. Right. Uh-huh. So then, then they need our services. Right. But, but yes. I very much agree in the Brian Boger, when he reached out to me, he reached out to me, LinkedIn message, and it had a video, a link to a video that's the one and a half intro video of himself. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I like this dude. You know, like I reached out, yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I'm a big fan of the one and a half minute intro piece that you can send anybody. Let's get on a call. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, I saw this video also from Brian. And yeah, that's it's well done. He's like, he's like, yeah, hey, Brian, I've had this thing. Yes. He shows his arm. And then he's like, you know, like it's, it's, it's really well done. If you can, the same way that you can have an elevator pitch when you're walking into a networking room, yeah. have, having an elevator pitch content piece that is, you know, totally scalable asset that anybody can yeah. see whenever, super yeah. valuable. Content is the portfolio that works for you all the time and never sleeps. Love it, man. Content is the passive income of relationship building. How about that? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's building dividends for you. It's like, yeah. I mean, it will not, it should be something good. <laughs> so, so that people, I, I also think sometimes, so I have, I have a little son. I, I uh, think, okay, when I am one day a grandfather or I'm not just, there's, I believe in one thing. And this is also related to one of Steve Jobs' speeches that we're going to die one day. <laughs> okay. And, and that's basically, even if Silicon Valley is working to sell us being immortal but uh, still this is something that i believe in and when relatives or, or my grandsons and are going to google me what are they going to find about me what are they going to find about me are they going to find any coupons to get a five percent discount on a video online course or are they going to find videos like this where i create meaningful relationships with people who are like-minded this is i think This is more important than uh, just creating uh, marketing stuff and getting and and making making a quick sales or something. 100%, man. This is why you and me are kindred spirits, right? Like, <laughs> I don't have kids, right? But like, I think of yeah. what's my legacy, right? Like, what is my legacy? Yeah. And I really think about it, man. If you think about it personally, dude, I would love to see a video of my dad at 40 years old thinking about his next business move, you know, like... Mm-hmm man, that'd be amazing. Right. So, yeah. so content, content as a legacy is very, very real to me. Right. Like I, you know, if, if I were to reverse engineer it, I'd love to read my grandfather's journals, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. So this is, it's like a living journal and, and something that lives forever, man. And you literally give me goosebumps talking about it. Mm-hmm. You have a kid. Yes. Are you, how do you feel about making content with your children? Like, how do you feel, how, how do you feel about that? Like, educational process so i think yeah there are two different so one thing is i I, what we don't do is selfies with our child and posting us this on instagram because we think okay until he's 18 we don't want to share it publicly i mean if he starts working as an influencer when he's 18 that's totally fine and i mean yeah that's okay for us but until he's Uh, growing up, we um, 
don't post it too public publicly. So when we, sometimes you can see him from the back, and but not a uh, total face front. So this is something that we that we we said. My, my wife and I we spoke about it, and we said, okay, that's not something that we want to share too publicly. Mm-hmm. This is one thing. The other thing is when I create my studio or things like that and the camera he's always coming and then on the mic he's singing and i'm recording these videos so i mean he's two and a half i mean two and he's, half. Uh, yeah okay. two and a half and he, he doesn't have a smartphone or something <laughs> it's just too early but he's interested in the things that of course i'm doing and the video things and things like that so we are we're playing around this that's that's basically what we are doing but i've i would love to yeah to make podcast episodes when he's late when he's older with them together why not this is something that i never thought about but i would really love to do it i, I mean i don't know pressure <laughs> i don't yeah. want to force him but if there's an opportunity to do it i would love to do it yeah man i i've been i've been thinking about this for a minute right and i think mm-hmm. that this way that we're communicating now social media right like it's a new context of communication mm-hmm. and i find that if your kid takes like If I were to have a kid, I don't know at what age, but I think teaching them how to create content is today the same thing as showing your kid how to shake hands and look someone in the eye and how to public speak and how to whatever, right? Because I do think I do think it's going to increase, right? Like our our methods of communications on social media are going to continue to grow and it's going to be a bigger and bigger part of our life. Mm-hmm. And 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 I see it as this like I see it now as an essential soft skill to teach your child. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I'm not a parent. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it means when it's like, okay, well, what if he's on YouTube and someone's reaching out to him that either bullies him or like a weird old person or whatever. Right. Yeah. So like there, there is that piece, but I don't know. What do you, you as a parent, if you're, if your son's 10 years old or your daughter's 10 years old and mm-hmm. he or she is like, I want to start, I want to start, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a YouTube channel. Like, how would you feel about that? So we have also neighbors and their daughter is, for example, eight years old and eight years. Yeah. We also spoke about it. So, yeah, I mean, there are many, many things that you have in mind. So there are applications where you can restrict the apps that you can download, for example. And so this is the whole topic of media education for children. So digital education. And I, I'm not at the moment, not, not such an expert to speak about it, but I, I would. I mean, too much uh, time is also not good to spend too much time with, with, with consuming but, but creation is another thing but i think creating it i would love to do it together and i would also teach him and the thing that you said is more for me a, a topic of personal branding so how do you brand yourself in a way that you become visible and that's always the content thing become visible for your future yeah company that you want to work so how how can you position yourself with your own story with your with your brand And with content that you create in order to become visible for the companies that you want to work with. This is one thing. And, but I think this, this, when does this start? Maybe 10, 12 years? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That, I like how you put that personal branding, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Teaching, teaching somebody, teaching somebody table manners mm-hmm. is, the 1900s version of personal branding 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> just this, the same as now, it's like, how do you show up online as personal branding? But yeah, it does fall under the personal branding bucket. I like that a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. Jacob, what do, you, what do you think is the biggest, when your clients come to you about mm-hmm. making content, what what are they what are they getting wrong? Like, what is the biggest misconception that that you feel like you need to teach people? Yeah. yeah. So one thing is that they think. So for example, I last week I gave an, a, a keynote, online keynote about uh, starting your own podcast, and one question was, "This is not what what he asked, but it really was what he was thinking. What sh- why should I uh, start my own podcast? So the stops that somebody has value in in their life that you should share it they don't believe that they have something of value or experience or knowledge that they should create content about this is a big one i think so oftentimes these are former employees who yeah who don't want to be too much in front so they they yeah they that's too much that's too offensive so this is one one thing and i always say why should you not i mean there 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 are people out there even if only 10 people listen to your podcast but these 10 people say hey this really changed my life is it not worth doing it i believe yes definitely it is worth doing it even if it's just five doesn't matter the the numbers are not important if you if you touch the life of people in a positive way and change it, this is worth doing, in my opinion. I totally agree, man. I totally agree. <laughs> I think it's, it's, yeah, obviously, obviously I agree, right? We agree on everything. Right? Like, yeah, every conversation. Yeah, yeah. Me too, me too. Um, me too, me too. Yeah, I, listen, if you have a service mindset, right? Like if you are, mm-hmm. if you're doing it out of service, I, I tell people all the time, it's like the the number one mistake everybody makes is that they think that what they know, everybody knows right? Like that's a very mm-hmm. human thing, but stuff as simple as like in my, my early content was literally just networking tips and tricks. And one of the dumbest things that I thought I ever put out is one of the most valuable things for people. I took a call this morning with a, with a hospital venture capital executive. And he's like, dude, out of all your content, the piece where you tell people that when you're in a line at a networking event, you should turn around and say hi to the person behind you is genius. And I'm like, what? like to me that's for me it's normal (laughs) it's yeah it's the most trivial thing but you know what man just because i've thought about it doesn't mean everybody else has thought about it and if you're and if you're putting it out there i was like hey man if you're not doing this you know like i've made a ton of friends waiting to register you know yeah i think it's huge it's huge man. when when you when you gain some expertise in one area it's very hard to Come back to the shoes of a starter, of a who, of somebody who's just starting out. It's it's very very hard because you're in this in this funnel thing, <laughs> you're just going and going, and but you 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 can't remember how it worked. So in in one of my interviews, I interviewed a, a old lady from England, and she said, "I don't pick the experts. I I pick people who are just a little bit." F- high in the hierarchy or in the experience knowledge than me because an expert he's coming he's he's making and then i didn't understand anything so i need somebody who's a little bit higher than me and that's totally fine he can explain it uh, much better to me than a real expert mm-hmm. and this is and this was so valuable and that's the reason also 
why I think Q&A is very important. Live interaction, like you're doing it, is very important. That you uh, ground yourself and come back to the people who have no clue about your topic. So this is something that I also oftentimes forget. And Q&A is a great way. Live, live streaming and Q&A in combination is a great way to yeah, get to the needs of, of the people that you want to serve. Totally, man. Totally. Yeah, like, yeah. I, that is, by the way, that is the genius that I found in Gary V, right? Like to me, mm-hmm. Gary, very quickly, first of all, I realized what we're talking about right now when I was, uh, when I was a green building consultant and I had a green building mm-hmm. firm and I moved from California to Miami and I had to re-educate a market. And I walked into like every room for like six years saying the same thing. And I like, after a year or two, I'm just like, God, I feel like an idiot, but every room needed it. Right. And, and then, and then seeing Gary do what he does, right? Like what he did pre-pandemic, but show up, yeah. do a keynote that is 60% the same thing to 60 yeah. to 70% the same thing, 20 to 30% recontextualization and actualization of what's going on in the market, but then go straight into Q&A and then share all the different types of people asking him this, you know, his answer is always more content, <laughs> right? But yeah, basically. if you can hear the same response asked for, you know, the question is asked a hundred different ways, it's much more likely to land on a person that didn't think that your answer was the answer, right? Like if, if someone hears their question and your answer, it's more likely that they understand it than if they just hear your answer without hearing somebody else ask the same question that they had in their head. Mm. Yeah. Gary is just awesome. I mean, he's our hero. <laughs> the best. The best. Yeah. Awesome, man. All right. You ready for the lightning round? Yeah, for sure. Bim, 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 bim. All right. What's happening? <laughs> By the way, that's going to turn into another piece of audio for me. The bim, 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 bim. Me doing it. All right. What is your oh. favorite restaurant? Where is it? And what do you order? Yeah, Tam Quan. It's a Vietnamese restaurant, not very far from apartments. So 10, 15 minutes away. And we order all kinds of things. So if you order there something, I mean, it's now in pandemic times. Two weeks ago, we ordered summer rolls, also duck, and they have a delicious mango, yeah, mango cream, what they they put over the the, the duck and also the, the salads. It's delicious. The yeah. way you said delicious made me want to order it right now. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's duck, what's it, in Hamburg, Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. Hamburg. Okay, in Hamburg. What content are you most into right now? Like, who are you? What What are you either? What sub? You know, like what book or audio book or who are mm-hmm. you like most following right now? Or what audio, What podcast are you most into right now? What is what What are you most consuming? Yeah, one of them is yours, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I'm listening that's, to it. That's amazing. Thank you, man. Yeah. So the problem solver from Jason Pfeiffer. It's okay. also cool. It's more like a radio format. So, I mean, he's, yeah, the reason why I like his content is it's not, he's, he's doing in a very smart way. He's not, yeah, journalism, but also really good content creator at the same time. And his podcast is more like a radio show, but a funny, entertaining and, and, and educating radio show. And that's very fun to listen to him. Yeah. That's, um, the problem solver. And what else I have? I read or I listened more to the audiobooks, uh, to the audio audiobook Over Deliver from Brian Kurtz, who is okay. also a very good copywriter. Mm-hmm. 
And Build Live Give von Paul Higgins. Also a very good audiobook. Awesome. Sweet. Good recommendations. Yeah. What, what is something that you were sure about in your 20s that you no longer believe? Okay. In my 20s. Okay, not so far away. That, that I don't believe anymore. So it, it, it changed, Correct. right? Correct. This is a personal growth question of like, you know, even if you're, when you're in your 20s, you were sure about something, you realize other stuff changes. Yeah, the thing that I will never create my own podcast. So I was always the behind the man uh, type of content strategist. So yeah, they should do it. That's their stuff, but I will I will not do this. And one of my business mentors after a couple of, after a few sessions, yeah, the, after that I realized okay, I at least I give it a try. I will, I want to try this. And so, yeah, that's basically, yeah. Awesome. I like that. What is your favorite piece of advice that you've either, either ever received or your go-to piece of advice that you always give people? Stand more in front of a camera and start creating video content. So the, so I'm also a Taekwondo coach. So when I, I help, for example, somebody for, I, I'm doing full contact. So how to say in English? So you're wearing stuff and you're... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and people ask me, how do I get even, how can I survive <laughs> when I'm fighting? And I said, you have to fight. That's that's the only thing. Yeah, you have to fight. And the, the only thing that is important is the number of minutes that you fight. That's the only thing. And increase the number of minutes that you fight and you will become better. And it's the same thing with content, with video content. People, people hate me when I say you should stay uh, in front of a camera and shoot more videos. But that's the, the, the same thing with the fighting. You, the only important thing is the minutes that you stand in front of a camera and speak to it and record it. Sometimes delete it, but sometimes publish it. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. I listen, life is all about iteration, right? Like you're never yeah. good at something the first time you do it. The more you do it, the better you get at it, right? And and. Yeah. You and I are both very big believers that there's an, an an insane amount of value in getting good at communicating via content. So like I mm -hmm. couldn't believe in it more, man. You know, my head yeah. went to when you started talking yes, about sir. taking video and kicking people in the face, my head went to maybe you were telling people to like record themselves fighting so that they can learn. And it went to like your original because one of the things I get a lot of value out of in making content is that I then get to go watch it. And I get mm -hmm. to critique myself and I get to mm -hmm. give myself feedback. So going back to the beginning of our conversation really is a great way to, to produce feedback, right? To like mm -hmm. record yourself and, and, and see things like that. Yeah. This is also something that I did in the gym with this, who, who asked me how to, how do I become better in fighting? We also recorded it and then watched and yeah, this sucked and this, that was good. And yeah, that was not good. <laughs> and so he, he instantly learned iterative. So you're learning during the process and that's the same thing with content. That's a cool thing. And I also, yeah, I, I'm also in the thing that you said that you become better when you watch it. Sometimes I'm not in the mood <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, but man, you're becoming listen, better. I, you know, speaking of, speaking of iteration and review, right? Like listening to my own podcasts, mm -hmm. like sometimes I'll listen to it. I'm like, man, 
that person was telling me this and I took it as that I need to listen better. Right. Yeah. Like, or, or I completely missed the point of what they were saying. Cause I'm t- so stuck in my head. Like it, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a really high value in my re-listening to conversations with people and allowing myself to be humble enough to be like, Oh wow. I was just kind of trying to say whatever I wanted to say. I wasn't really listening to that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had this in the, in the beginning of my podcast also. So I had my, my questions, my question catalog, and I wanted to get through them as quick as possible. And yeah, one of my in- interview partner also respectfully gave me feedback and he said, well, it was, it was not like a conversation. It was more like that you want to rush through the questions. And yeah, that was his advice and I appreciate this and also think that the active listening is very important. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Awesome. Jakob, this is the moment where promote whatever you want to promote, man. Like I'm going to link to your podcast, Content Mentoring. Oh no, Content King, right? Is that the name of your podcast? Content Marketing Mastery. Content, man, I'm looking at these. I know because I've seen it, right? Like I've watched it. Content Marketing Mastery, contentmentoring.com, Anchor Effect, at your Anchor link, your LinkedIn. I'm going to connect you on, connect to people on Facebook, but Promote whatever you want to promote right now. Like, where do you where do you want people most to to connect with you, or what do you want to call attention to? So on LinkedIn, of course, they can get in touch with me. Also on my website, contentmentoring.com. That's basically where where you can find uh, all information about me. And yeah, if you need some support with your social media postings or blog articles or your podcast or video video feedback, then feel free to contact me. Yeah. All right. I highly recommend it. Last <laughs> question. Where do you find community? Yeah, in conversations like this, this is the starting point for me for community because it's not like, so when I speak with you or with Brian, these are multiplicators of of society. That's my opinion. Because you know a bunch of people. You're a really good good connector. And when I get your trust, this is also a trust-building topic, when I get your trust, I this a, a whole new community is open to me because you can introduce me to your community. So I see these one-on-one conversations or chats that we made earlier, this as an entry point for finding a new community, finding new people. I love it, man. I love it. I think that's really <laughs> profound. Jakob, man, I'm so grateful that we met. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Brian Boger, thank you for introducing us. Right, like I, I, <laughs> Brian is I, great. I, yeah, man. Like I, the idea that I can have, you know, you and I live across the world from each other. I genuinely yeah. feel like you're my friend. Like there's no chance I'm stepping foot in Hamburg without grabbing a, you know, like without coming to see you or whatever. Right. Like me, me too. in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like these, these interactions to me really, really feed my soul, man. And I'm just very, yeah. I'm very impressed by your, your outlook on, on what content is and, and getting somebody that is as smart and as kind as you that I resonate so much with that I feel like we're both saying the same thing is a major validation to where I feel like I'm at mentally, man. So I'm just really, really appreciative of our relationship and and you coming on the show, man. And, you know, I'm sure that me and you are going to, we're going to do a lot of great stuff together, man. Thank you. I I hope so. I hope so. I'm looking forward. I I have this feeling this is just a starting point. It's just an entry point for, for much cooler things. That's my hope. And, uh, but I'm very sure that will happen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Agreed. Agreed, man. Agreed. Yeah. Awesome. The key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage where you can have conversations with people 
getting to know them, understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.